Welcome to Yes Mother, a podcast where we discuss the A&E show Bates Motel. But today we are going to talk about a film that Emma and I saw at the Sundance Film Festival called 7852. And we're going to discuss the trailer for season five of Bates Motel that just dropped. So I'm Sue. And I'm Emma. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, you didn't hear that? <laughs> I heard a little ding, yeah. Uh, it just happened right when I was about to say something. Okay, and so... Just in case there's any confusion, this trailer is the one that came out um, with the first glimpse of Marion Crane. Yes, the first. I'm sure there's of... been there's been other little clippy things, and to be honest, I don't keep up as probably as well as I should with Bates Motel news and trailers and everything. So, if there's been a trailer already, I'm. I am unaware of it, but I have seen little, you know, the little clips. I've seen little clips. This is the first trailer I've seen with, like, new stuff. Like, Yeah. I've seen some publicity stuff. And I'm thinking there's a good chance that it's, it is the first one. Yep. So, yeah, it's the first one featuring, well, she's just kind of a little blip at the end, but Rihanna is... Marion Crane. But man, there's some good stuff. Oh my word. It was so good. One of the most exciting trailers ever. I had like three hours left of work when I saw it and I just I just couldn't focus the rest of the day. I'm done. (laughs) I was done with work. (laughs) I was so excited. So (laughs) we will talk about the trailer. We're gonna talk about the movie first and we're going to spoil and speculate about the trailer. So yeah. if you're one and of those that doesn't like to know anything going in, don't listen. Yeah. And Sue and I stay away from most uh, like deep spoilers and filming locations. Oh, yeah. So we're not privy to anything that anyone no. that hasn't seen any of the little clips or trailers has seen. Right. Right, no, our spoilers, I, I'm just talking we're going to spoil the trailer, because there's a couple things that are spoilery. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, yeah. But nothing above the, there's going to be nothing discussed above the level of just what you could see on a trailer. Cause right, exactly. we don't know more we than that. Know. Yeah, let's talk about 7852. Yeah, okay, so a little background. Um, well, we live in Utah, where the Sundance Film Festival takes place. <laughs> One of the perks, and uh, it's expensive to, like, have passes to it and to buy actual tickets. But they also do this wait line thing, um, where they offer $20 tickets if... Um, ticket holders it's just a huge big you know it's just one of those things if you want to wait in line which they 
now can do it online for most of it, but you still have to show up to the movie theater before it starts and wait in a line and see how many open tickets um, a few minutes before the showing. And you have to have $20 cash, and it's just this whole big thing. But you're, you know, if you can still be a civilian and not have a pass and pay the thousands of dollars um, for that and be able to get into a lot of the movies, which is a really cool thing. You have to work a little for it, but it's it's cheap, and it's just a little perk of living in Utah. Yep. Um, which is kind of fun. So I found out that there was a this film, so it's called 7852. I know that... So 78 is the amount of cuts. Um, they... That the scene entails, the shower scene of Psycho entails, 78 cuts. What's the 52 again? 52, like, setups. Setups, okay. Yeah, they... So that's basically... This is kind of touted as... I was going to look up the actual, like, little blurb um, of what this film actually is, but it's it's basically um, maybe the first movie ever made the director says that's uh about one scene of a movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) but after watching it i would argue it's a lot more than just about the shower scene i mean there was a good 45 minutes of pre just talking about hitchcock and the era that cycle came out in yeah it's like a 90 minute documentary mostly about just the shower scene in the movie cycle but some other stuff as well. Yeah. It's a lot about Hitchcock and and the history of the movie itself. And the era it came out of and kind of what a game changer it was. I I love that. I never thought about um, the time period it was. Like, okay, I guess so. Hitchcock um, did Shadow of a Doubt right after kind of World War Two, mm-hmm. and it was kind of um, it related to it and kind of kind of a social consciousness thing and they it was interesting the film had people talking a lot about the time period that Psycho came out and what happened afterwards you know it was pre-civil rights movement mm-hmm. and the whole turmoil of the 60s and I, I find it interesting because it feels like, you know, Psycho with its edginess and its total game changer of scary movies was almost, you know, it just kind of like almost prepared people for what was coming in reality. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you do. You watch 50s horror movies and they're a little laughable. Well, they are. That was one of the points that they made was, you know, most horror movies pre-Psycho was like a monster, like an actual monster, like a giant spider or the blob or, you know, universal cat monsters. or the cat people, but they never show. You never show cat saw a cat or a cat person. Yeah. So Psycho, like the monster was a human <laughs> Yeah, and it was it was sophisticated, and mm-hmm. society kind of the mindset got a lot more sophisticated afterwards. It just came at an interesting time in history. 
And I just hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. And just, uh, the, so it's a lot of, um, interviews with different directors and critics and actors and stuff. And, um, one of the critics, it was that older uh, Bogdanovich or something. Yeah. Peter Bogdanovich. Um, he was so interesting. He was one of the most interesting and just his story about seeing it in the theater when it came out and how, you know, the shower curtain comes out, you've got the the music screaming, you've got Janet Lee screaming and he goes in the audience <laughs> screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like he said the women were screaming. <laughs> like that scared screaming and he said it was really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Oh, another interesting fact is right after they began they began shooting the um I forget the name of the family, but the the murders that um in cold blood Oh yeah yeah the was based on um you know Truman Capote's famous novel mm-hmm. about a about a true crime in cold blood. Those murders happened while they were filming Psycho. There was something something about that murder that was a little extra scary that kind of took away some innocence um, right. for like small town America that doesn't lock their doors at night. Right. That the bad guy can just you can be just a nice family and the bad guy can just come in and, and kill you. Yeah. And tie you up and you know. I read the book. It's been a little while, but yeah, it's it was like on a farm and a just a family that didn't. I don't know, just an innocent but, family, right? They were a nice family, yeah. And yeah. I'm pretty sure they were kind of split up and tied up and kind of right. Just a very scary situation, and it's, and you know they talk about Psycho in the shower scene where. You can just be in your most vulnerable, naked, and taking a shower. And, you know, they talk about Marion and, and how the shower, you know, she really just feels so... It's the first time you see her, like, really happy and free is soaping up in the shower. And everyone knows that feeling. Yeah. And you're just very vulnerable, and you feel very safe. And that's the last thing you're going to think of. Not anymore, after anyone's seen Psycho, it's not the last thing you think of <laughs> in your shower. <laughs> And this movie did that to generations of people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the loss of innocence in that time period, it, it also was a very, very interesting. Yep. Yep. Oh, I wrote that down. I wrote down the words Bog- uh, Bogdanovich. It's a hard <laughs> word to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, Bogdanovich. He called it a sustained shriek. All together. (laughs) The audience, the the music and Mary and all screaming together. (laughs) Yeah. But it's good. It's got like Guillermo del Toro talking about it. It's got Danny Elfman. Now my notes say Danny Elfman not allowed. (laughs) <laughs> that's all I wrote and I remember something he said was so oh, interesting his and I mom wanted wouldn't to let him see it that's right 
He, like, she let him watch every other scary movie. Every other scary movie, but she wouldn't let him see Psycho. <laughs> so he knew it was something special. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, he did He did the music for the remake, the Gus Van Zandt one. Right. But yeah, um, Brett Easton Ellis, is he's like the guy who wrote the novel American Psycho. He's in it. Elijah Wood. Yeah, they had three. I guess they do. I guess they have some sort of little film company, those three guys, Elijah Wood, Spectrovision or something. Something like that, yeah. Oh, one amazing thing about this movie that I, I just adored is they had the people, it was in black and white. So there wasn't like a startling contrast between the talking heads and mm-hmm. showing scenes of the movie. Yep. But not only that, they had them sitting and being interviewed in like 50s style hotel rooms. Yes. Looked, it was like Bates Motel. It was awesome. Which was such a great thing because it felt like Marion was getting murdered in the bathroom next to them. Exactly. Yeah. You felt like it, it was, was so the bathroom cool. right behind them or whatever. Yeah. 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 Really good. One of my favorite parts of watching this was when <laughs> so you know it just kind of flashes it's just interviews talking head interviews and watching them watch the scene and, and suddenly there's this man talking about it and he's got this long blonde hair and then <laughs> his, his name pops up and it's Mick Garris and it says director Psycho 4 and Emily and I both looked at each other we squealed and like squealed and giggled is what she's eating there in a Sundance movie it's like out of everyone we're like <gasps> we're like oh my word it's yeah, the director of Psycho 4 and I, every time he talked, all I could say is, you made that movie. You made Psycho 4. <laughs> I know. We were like little fangirls. <laughs> <laughs> we were delighted that he was part of this. <laughs> and it was really weird and funny listening to him revere Psycho so much. I know, <laughs> like, I know. what you did. <laughs> I know, because all I kept thinking about was, like, <laughs> you're the one that filmed that shot of Norman, like, lying on the floor with the phone next to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did he write it, too? Huh? We should, look, we should look that up if he wrote it or not, also. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we were, oh, you should have seen us. <laughs> we were so excited. <laughs> <laughs> probably the only ones in the theater that had any sort of reaction I know the people around us were probably like what the hell <laughs> 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 what I wrote out, down about him was um, the director of Psycho 4 looks like a Nelson <laughs> <laughs> I thought he looked a little bit like Bob from Twin Peaks. <laughs> Maybe a little more kempt. <laughs> yeah. Just like really long, white blonde hair. <laughs> like, 
Hey, didn't he have a twin brother? I <laughs> 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 like a weirdly, ambiguously gay and cis <laughs> relationship with. <laughs> uh, nope, it was written by Joseph Stefano and Robert Block. Well, based on characters, by Okay. No. I was like, Robert what? Block got together to, like, help write. Did he come up with the wee-wee picture? <laughs> if you don't know, he's the writer of the original. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... I thoroughly enjoyed this documentary. Yeah, it was very good. It was... But... When it starts talking about the shower scene, man, you watch that scene like second by second, take by take. <laughs> Several times. Over and over and over again. and It was rough. It was. When we got out of the movie, Emily was like, oh, that was kind of hard to watch that so many times. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it was. Um, but just interesting stuff. Just and it's just fun to watch film nerds, like directors and editors and critics and stuff, just gush over and just talk about what a magic trick that shot is, that whole scene. Yeah. Now, you're convinced you're seeing someone get stabbed, but you never see her get stabbed. Right. You know? There's one shot that the uh, knife touches her belly. Yeah. Which, trivia, that was done um, in reverse. Like, they didn't do the stabbing motion. They, like, held a knife to her belly and then pulled it away and then played it backwards. Right. And they had um, Marley Renfro, who was the body double, who did a lot of the shower scenes. Mostly what you see is her. (laughs) Yeah, Marley. And she was she was a Playboy bunny back in the day, yeah. And in the like, worked at the bunny club and everything. Um, and absolutely, she was adorable. Adorable, <laughs> she was just like a eighty something. Yeah, just exactly what you would expect. Sounds, you know, she's told the story one million times and yeah. is proud of her role, which she should be. She should be. <laughs> Yeah, because really the only time it's Janet Lee is when you can see Janet Lee's face. Mm-hmm. Any other time it's this Marley Renfro and yeah, she she's adorable. Like I knew it was a ninety-minute documentary, but when the credits came up, I I seriously thought there should have been about half an hour left. I couldn't believe ninety minutes had gone by. Hmm. It was. It was great. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. I, you know, anytime someone's going to nerd out about Psycho, any part of it, then I'll listen. <laughs> yeah. And it was pretty funny because at the Sundance movies, usually there's a, someone like comes up and introduces the film and then the director is usually there and does a Q&A, which happened this time. But it was like one of the producers or something that did the intro and he's like, you guys are the nerds of the nerds. <laughs> He's like, you're watching a movie 
about the scene of a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I wouldn't do that to just any movie, but the psycho, the shower scene of Psycho is definitely worthy of that. Definitely. And good news is, is it got picked up, so it's going to be distributed. Um, Right. It's going to be shown in theaters and... He said about five or six cities. I think he said eight in eight eight markets, L.A., New York, and then six others. So, Harold, Chicago's probably one of those six. So go check it out. I would would bet. I imagine Chicago's always one of the other six. And if it gets a theater release, um, we can, you know, hopefully expect it to show up somewhere. Well, that is the theater release is those eight. I mean, if it does really well, it'll go to other markets. I mean, like, to stream someday. I'm sure it will. I'm sure we'll see it on like Netflix or something. Yeah. So. But yeah, definitely if it's in your area, San Francisco or you know, it's worth it. It's good. It's well done. It's interesting. Yeah, they. Um, some fun little nerd facts, I guess. We could talk about a few. I wrote down. And some things I'd never thought of. One of the cool things is that they had the script a lot. And they showed the script on screen. And it was yes. a lot of Hitchcock. Just, I mean, to see the script is awesome. And to hear how he wants to set something up and his ideas. And we saw the um, storyboard for this, for the shower scene. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do all, all of them except for this one shot of her kind of a full shot of her dead body laying across the bathtub. Right. Um, which they actually were able to do in the Gus Van Zandt one. Yes. Different era, you know, they could do that. It was kind of a bird's eye view of Marion's body draped over the bathtub. Um, so that was cool. Um, I made a special note that the script called the knife in question a bread knife which is a knife that makes the sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) and I found it particularly odd because in my kitchen that knife would never in a million years be my bread knife that is my vegetable chopper yeah my bread knife is serrated so it's very very suspect to me that they would call that a bread knife (laughs) Unless it's just this is the knife that makes the sandwiches. <laughs> that just goes along with our sandwich theory. Yes. <laughs> Whatever that theory is. <laughs> sandwiches are important. <laughs> we don't know why, but um, A really interesting thing they talked about was the continual um, theme of showing eyes looking at the camera and mostly dead eyes. Um, dead eyes from the stuffed bird. Yeah. Um, the cop's eyes through the sunglasses. Yes. Many eyes looking back at you right yeah. at the camera, staring at you and a lot of those eyes are dead. Marion's famous shot right. of her dead eye. Um... Which, there was an... What twitched at the very end of the scene that made them have to 
in editing, switch things around a little bit. You can see her eye barely twitch. Well, that they left in. There was some twitch, I think, in her neck or something. Oh, that's right. That they had to cut. That's up. why they cut back to the shower. The shower, which is what's such a great shot. And when you think about it, I'm so glad that that was like a happy accident. It works. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, something did twitch. I think it is a neck muscle. Yeah, something like that. And so, yeah, it you're staring at her eye, and then it does a quick cut to the shower head, just still just on and water running. But that's why they did that. I thought the, um, the talk about the painting was pretty interesting, too. The talk of the painting was one of the most interesting parts. I didn't write down the name. Um, what's her name in the Elders? I it's remember. Susanna and the Elders. Yeah. Which is a scene from the Bible? Yeah, I guess the book of Daniel. It's it's a... I guess it's a scene of a young girl bathing in a pool and men. A couple older men. Older men are basically watching her. They're voyeurs. And so it's a voyeuristic painting. And this is the painting that Norman takes off in order to peep through the peephole. Yeah, it's a painting covering the peephole. And they did a whole history of this painting, how back centuries and centuries ago it was very chaste and they're far away. And gradually, um, through like the Renaissance and everything, the priests at some point are like... Groping her. And groping her. Yeah. The and elders. That's, yeah. that's one of the ones that Norman pulls down, is the one where the priests are just right up there with her and got their hands on her, which is you know, just very interesting. There's yeah, it's it's very interesting that the painting that's covering the peephole for him to be a voyeur is a painting depicting voyeurism. <laughs> yeah. <It's> <laughs> famous. Awesome. <laughs> well, I don't know how famous. I've never heard of it. <laughs> voyeurism. Like, the Bible. There's lots of different paintings of this, yeah, this scene. So. Um, I wrote down the fly. I don't remember the the theme of the fly starts the movie. So when the movie starts with uh, Marion and Sam um, sleeping, well, in bed, kind of, uh-huh. <clears throat> talking, and it starts by looking through the window, and there's a fly that it kind of concentrates on, and then the movie ends with that fly landing on Norman's hand. And he talks about, I wouldn't harm a fly. I wouldn't harm a fly, yeah. That's kind of fun. Um, the So when this movie came out, it was not uncommon to have uh, movies in color. And so it was kind of strange that Hitchcock had gone for black and white, but he did pretty much just for the blood. <laughs> yep. Because <clears throat> he could get away with a lot more than if it was red blood. Yeah, if it was red blood, it. I think he didn't think it would get past yeah. like the censors or 
It would have been too gruesome. I can't imagine it in color. Mm -mm. It works so well in black and white. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, the Gus Van Zandt one is in color, and you know how they did it shot for shot, and the actual... Um, who was it that was talking about Gus Van Zandt? Who was that one young guy? The, whoever the director of, like, Hostel... Um, oh, what's his name? I'll look it up. I've got it up. Oh, it is Eli Roth. <laughs> is it Eli Roth that did Hostel? Oh, he did do Hostel. Okay. Huh. Okay, so... <clears throat> Eli Roth is talking... Who is it that actually... Wh who was that girl? That Was she the producer or something? She was no. one of the editors, like the f editor of the film. Okay. Uh, of the Gus Van Zandt one. Yeah, right. and Gus, I guess, declined being on. But right. the editor of it did, and she's like, we did it shot for shot, that shower scene, and it didn't work. Nope. And it was just, it was really cool to hear her admit that it just didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. There was some sort of magic, you know. Maybe it was because it wasn't black and white. Maybe it, wh whatever the combo was. It was Hitchcock. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you can copy something exactly and it's just, it's still going to be better. Yeah. Done by someone else, you know. Done by the master. But yeah, I thought that was cool that she admitted that too. That, yeah, she says that she cut it exactly shot for shot and then called Gus and went, just doesn't work. So yeah. the shower scene in the Gus Van Zandt one is a little bit different. Yeah, more than just being able to show that one right. shot that Hitchcock couldn't. Um, the the sound of the stabbing that was a funny little story. They oh, yeah they decided a melon would be best, and so they brought in like every melon they could think of and just recorded themselves stabbing them and it, we got to hear they did it for the movie so we got to hear all the different sounds of them of the melons and after listening to that for hours Hitchcock walked out of the room and all he said was cassava <laughs> <laughs> we used a cassava and there were also parts where they used a big steak yeah like a big brisket yeah. Um, so, I don't know if anyone had noticed this. I had not. I actually haven't seen Raging Bull, but um, Scorsese actually, in the big fight scene in Raging Bull, he did a shot for shot. It's He's actually mimicking the shower scene of Psycho shot for shot in this fight. And it showed what they meant, and it was really cool to watch. Yeah, it was really cool, because it would show... Yeah, so I guess, like, any time you see the hand coming down, like, stabbing Marion Crane or her hand going up, it is, it's shot for shot. I had no idea. I'd never heard that before. Mm -mm. But yeah, they kind of played them against each other, and you could see it. Yeah, it was really neat. Even up to, like, when she... 
kind of towards the end when you just see her hand like kind of grab the tile mm -hmm. in Raging Bull he does that but he's grabbing like the the ropes around the ring what are those is that what they're called ropes yeah wait do you mean when she grabs the shower curtain or not when she grabs the shower curtain but when she just kind of when she like puts slaps her, her hand against the tile and kind of claws it yeah you see um, De Niro do that, like with the, he kind of grabs the fruit of the ropes. I don't know. It was cool. It was cool. Well, that's all my notes. Um, I do have something to add, though. So for the Q&A, I just turned to Sue, because before the movie started, you know, one of the coolest things, and we talked about this when we recorded our podcast for Psycho, that I became, just watching the film, I just couldn't, the shot that impressed me was the one where the camera is shooting right up at the um, shower head. And I'm like, how did they do that without any splashes on the camera? It was just killing me. <laughs> So I found out, and the what I came across was that they made like a huge um, shower spout, and it was I think they said like six feet across, huge shower, and then had the camera right to it, so the perspective made it look like it was small, but um it was so big that it wouldn't hit the camera. It made sense. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, they were going to talk about that, right? And Sue's like, yeah, probably. And I'm like, I wonder if that's still around and we'll like be able to see it. I was all excited to see this giant shower, <laughs> how that would work. And instead, one of the people who was like, wrote a book on... Yeah, they had a couple of people who have written like books about Books about Hitchcock Psycho. and Psycho and stuff. Kind of the guy just, it was a very passing, when they talked about that scene, it was very passing. He's like, all you need to do is plug a few of the shower holes around the camera and voila. Yep. And that's like all. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Bro, what about the six foot one? <laughs> <laughs> so that was my question. I'm like, Stu, I should ask him about the shower head. I was a little hesitant because I didn't want to like, I don't know, I didn't want to be one of those nerds that's like, now when you, because you know, this was his movie and he was proud of it and <laughs> right. I didn't want to challenge him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I really wanted to ask. Excuse me. <laughs> you failed to mention the six foot shower head. <laughs> So I was hesitant to ask, and then I, I kept going through what I could ask him in my head, and I came up with use the term urban legend, because that sounds harmless enough. So was that an urban legend? I thought if I add that, I'm giving him a, you know, kind of a out in a way. Sure, made sense. But I'm not challenging him, I'm just like, huh, was that an urban legend? That's weird, I heard that. So I did get my chance to ask, and I did, and he was speechless for a second. 
<laughs> asked me where I'd heard it, and of course I couldn't remember. <laughs> I didn't, you know, it was it was years ago, and I didn't write down my sources. <laughs> I just I read it and I took it as fact. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, I don't know. And then he started talking about how there's some, you know, he's like, it's, you know, it's interesting with this stuff. And then he started going on about how there's a lot of dispute about what brand of chocolate syrup. Like, um, mm-hmm. people that were on the set say Hershey's. People are on the set, you know, say Bosco. Bosco. There was another one that I didn't even recognize that right. he said. So, you know, he just kind of laughed it off as, you never know, you know, <laughs> you get too say, and that's true. You, yeah. from two authorities, you can get people that, you know, people's memories, you, you know, you talk to witnesses all the time, they can make up stuff and swear by it. This one seemed kind of a big deal, though. You wouldn't forget a giant shower head. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I can see forgetting what brand of of uh, chocolate syrup it was. But anyway, and he did. He, like, looked at his producer, and they both kind of, like, look at each other, and he seemed interested. He seemed in- incredibly, to the point where I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's going to Google this when oh, he yeah. goes back to his hotel. <laughs> and I'm like, if he finds out it's true, he might change his movie a little bit <laughs> before it gets out. Because <laughs> he did talk about possible flight changes. Right, oh. now that it's been picked up, he might, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I thought tonight, one thing I did do was Google it again. <laughs> oh. And I I did a little research, and I found two sources that talk about the showerhead. One is Turner Classic Movies. Oh. And, yeah, so um, WordPress.com stories behind the scene and turnerclassicmovies.com um, Turner Classic Movies behind the camera they both talk about this huge shower head that was made specially for this interesting and then I went down Google probably 15 or 20 sources and I found one that talks about blocking up holes and they were pretty specific too. Oh, but this this one was um, heavy.com. Huh. I don't even know what that is, but it doesn't sound as reputable as Turner Classic Movies. <laughs> they said the inner holes. Okay, let me just read it exactly. It sounds a lot kind of like what that guy said. So this is called Get Your Gore on Halloween Movies with heavy and movies on demand. So it's called heavy. So um says for the shot where the camera is looking straight into the shower head, the inner holes in the spout were blocked and the camera was equipped with a long lens placed further back. The water from the shower appears to be hitting the lens but it's actually going around and past it. So I guess that's possible too to uh but here's the deal. The fact that it wasn't a regular camera, it was equipped with a really long lens placed further back. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Here's the deal, is if you go online, 
when you Google showerhead and psycho, it there's quite a few pictures online of that shot, and I am telling you, no holes are blocked. No holes are blocked. I see them all working. Interesting. I'm <coughs> going for the giant showerhead. I'm going showerhead. Yep. I think you should find a way to email... What's his name? Alexander Philippe or something like that? I actually did a little bit, and he is not on... his. Yeah, Alexander O. Philippe. I can't find him on Twitter or... Um, or Facebook. Because I thought, I mean, totally, if I messaged him and said, hey, I'm the girl that asked you about the giant showerhead, he'd totally know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know he would. <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> Mr. Philippe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, by the way, he's the one that wrote the, um, what is it called? That, uh, the People versus. Um, he did the documentary, The People versus George Lucas. He also did that documentary that I had heard of about the octopus. The psychic octopus. Yes! That is such an interesting story. Yes, it's weird. (laughs) So he's that guy, too. Anyway. Yeah. I liked him. He was he was fun. Yeah, I couldn't find him on social media. I only looked for a couple minutes. This wasn't very long ago and I don't know. I was disappointed I didn't find him on Twitter cuz I totally would have cuz he wanted to know about my sources. But yeah, I Yeah, cuz he was like seriously interested. He goes, "Where did you <laughs> where did you find this information?" you know. And it wasn't like he was like not believing you, I think it was like you opened up like this whole new. He's like, um, <laughs> I didn't hear about this, and if it's true, that's kind of a problem. <laughs> 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 and that's exactly what I really didn't want. I didn't want to. You didn't want to like try and one up him or anything. That's no, not, that wasn't the no point. You know. I really wanted to know if he had heard about that and could tell me, yes, that's an urban legend. Because one urban legend is that they, this wasn't in the movie, but I did find out about this, is the urban legend that they made this water ice cold. They did not do that. Right, I remember hearing that. Marion Crane, I mean, Janet Lee said that they took great care to always have the water nice and warm for her. Right. So that's an urban legend. So I thought, well, maybe it is an urban legend. Yeah. I I don't think so. Anyway, mystery of the showerhead continues, I guess, because I did find sources for both, and they both could be true. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Is anyone still alive that was on set? You can ask Marley. (laughs) (laughs) But that could have been totally done. At a separate time, without an actor, especially if it's a giant shower. That's true. <laughs> Don't hit your head on it. <laughs> That's true. They didn't really need that. <laughs> you cannot be in this shot, or you're really going to ruin it. <laughs> she looks all tiny. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so I, I actually thought of that, but I'm like, nope, she wouldn't know because she wouldn't have been there for that. Probably not. Anyway. If you, if, Harold, if you do see it in Chicago and the shower head talk is different, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> you have Emily to thank for that. <laughs> <laughs> they just dub it in. Like, <laughs> the guys. <laughs> I was just picturing the lips moving. <laughs> the lips moving. Talking about blocking the holes, and instead it's this giant shower head. Do you have anything else on? No, Mom, my notes are done. All right. If you come across it, you should watch it. Yep, for sure. It was well done, and it's a good little hour and a half nerd out on Hitchcock and Psycho. Well, and it's that just appeals to you. <laughs> well, it's just it's really interesting too. It's and it's so well done and. It's interesting people who love film talking about an iconic scene in an iconic movie. It's, yeah, you know, it's really enjoyable. It's not long and boring, and you're uh -uh. not looking at your watch. It's funny. I don't know who that guy was, but he was pretty funny. Um, he talked a lot. He was one of the main ones. Mm-hmm. Cause, probably because he was engaging and funny. <laughs> right. He kept using him. I don't know who he was, do you? I don't. I don't. Anyway. He was really interested. I think I was just too excited about the Psycho 4 director. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, well, should we move on to the trailer? Yes. All right, well, this is the point if you wanted to hear about 7852, but you don't want to hear any kind of spoilers about season five, this is where you should stop. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. That was my favorite murder nice. call out. <laughs> okay, trailer. Norman wears a wig. Norman wears a wig! <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Good night. Em and Sue out. I was just thrilled to see that. Seriously. I was like almost shaking. I was so excited. Well, the subject of Norma Norman wearing a wig has come up several times with us, and it's been in our top 
I'd say five this whole time, things we've wanted to see. Oh, oh absolutely. Two or three. Uh, absolutely. Ever since I even heard that they were going to do this show, I was like, oh, man. Before we knew Freddie Highmore was even going to be on the field. Oh, I just... I'm so excited to see just the psychological downfall spiral down that's going to happen this season. So excited. Yeah. Turn the sound off. Okay. One thing which I don't know if it's um, put in this trailer, so I uh, said there'd be no information that's <laughs> not on the trailer or nothing that you might not know, but I do happen to know. There, so I'm going to start this whole thing off by telling you something that you may not know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it, Dave, Carrie Aaron has come out and said that this um, this is about two years after season four ends. Really? Yeah. What? There's been quite a gap in time. Oh my gosh. Like two years? Well, I heard two years about a month ago. Wow. And then today I heard 18 months. Both wow. coming from Carrie. So I'm pretty sure it was Carrie Aaron that said it both times. Two years and then 18 okay. months. Well, okay. I guess that makes sense. And so, which, when I heard that a month ago, my heart fell that Roman, Romero spent two years in prison. Yeah, that's Yeah. That is exactly what we didn't want. <laughs> I hate that thought. I hate that thought, too. And you do see him, and he's he's got some gray in the temples. And you can see that he's been like, gunning up or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Training. Well, let's, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, let's watch it and pause it. Oh, and um, before we start, little Radiohead Corner, I haven't been able to do one of these since season two. Oh, yeah. The trailer is set to the Radiohead song Exit Music for a film, which is a song they wrote for Romeo and Juliet. The one and with it, Claire Danes and... Yes. So and Romeo it, plus Juliet. Yes, Romeo plus Juliet. Um, Tom York watched that, the old version, when he was 16 years old, like the 70s, kind of that famous. With Olivia Hussey? Yeah. With, he, with Norma? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> he said he watched that when he was 16 years old and bawled his eyes out, but... He just couldn't understand why they couldn't live. Anyway, it was a little story. So the story of Romeo and Juliet has affected him his whole life. It is tragic. It is. And so the, they asked Radiohead to do a song for that movie. And so it's, uh, I think it plays during the credits. That's why they named the song Exit Music for a film. <laughs> Very creative title. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's <radio> <laughs> <laughs> and it, it plays on uh, 
Ooh, it just blinked. Okay, computer. It's, it's from the album, Okay, Computer. <laughs> and if you buy the soundtrack for Romeo plus Juliet, there's actually a different radio song called Talk Show Host. Anyway, and exit music for a film I don't believe is on the soundtrack, but I believe it does play during the movie when the credits hit. <clears throat> okay, that's Radiohead coins. <laughs> okay, so we open up to Norman in his little name tag, talking to a young girl, a young blonde girl, yeah. I should add. They're in the parking lot, and you see Norma up in the window watching them. And she says something like, so you live here alone? She says, yes, I do. Since his mom died or something. Oh, I don't know. Let me turn the volume on. He says, uh-huh. Kind of. Which is interesting, because in the movie, Marion's mom's not there. Right, right. That is, right there is a huge difference. Because he believes she is. He fully right. believes she is. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he fully believes she is, because... She's the one that kills right. Marion. He thinks that through the whole movie. And he thinks he's arguing with her and stuff. So I think this Norman might have not changed too much since we last saw him. But right. he has moments where he's unsure and moments where he's sure she's alive and moments where he's sure that his mind's playing tricks on him and he knows he's crazy. I wonder. <laughs> so I guess if they're skipping... Well, my question is, did he taxidermy her? Because she's in a freezer. She's in like a freezer room. Yeah. It's, every time I've seen any pictures of him and her, right? She's which like, aren't just publicity shots, he's, you know, got his head in her lap in the freezer room. Yeah. So I'm not sure he did taxidermy her. And then we get Dylan. Yeah. So. Well, no, it actually shows them in the bedroom. We see Vera Farmiga. Right. Um, flashes of her at the mirror. Oh, and there's like a medicine? What is that? Yeah, there's like an overtone. Luminol. Luminol? Isn't that that stuff they spray to find blood? I think so. There's something else to do with it. It says luminol lab grade. Okay. Why does he need luminol? I don't know. Did he make normal glow in the dark? Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we see that, and then we see Dylan sees mother's shoes. He. So Dylan's like telling Norman, "You shouldn't be living here alone." Right. Okay, so that's on. one yep. thing that's kind of spoilery. Okay. So yeah. So Dylan and Norman are in the living room. Norman or Dylan sees a pair of mother's shoes. <laughs> so Norman's not there, right? I okay. I'm guessing. Now, what is your thoughts on Dylan? Do you think he came out and visited the house and then found out that Norman was dead, or he somehow caught wind? I don't know. I don't know. All we know at this point is that he and or chick. Or chick. Yeah. He and chick were tight enough. Yeah. That's what it I'm hoping. All, I'm hoping he did because if he 
hears it, and then comes two years later and walks into the house and sees Norma's shoes in the living room. That'd be weird to him. <laughs> we want the most unsettling scenario. Absolutely. <laughs> Living anywhere else is not an option. Yeah. <laughs> not quite a cantaloupe, but man, that is. An... And then someone grabs a knife. What does she tell them? They're coming for you? Nope. Oh, that's Romero that says that. What is. I can pause. Eh, it's got to be Norman's hand grabbing the knife. I think so. Romero has uh, grayed a little bit. I took. There was a special note. I just remember a lot of scenes outside of him and just thinking, he has got the blackest hair ever. The guy has not. I'm like, does he dye it? Because he does not have one gray hair on his head. None more blacker. And he has, well, he's got more like a, almost like a army cut now. And he's definitely aged a little bit there. I want to read the back of his shirt. Is it a prison shirt? When he's like punching the Oregon inmate, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, so he tells Norman he's gonna and then you see him like out in a prison yard like punching a boxing bag thing. Yeah, and then you see him like in a bathroom, like a really gross one, with a gun and his face is totally jacked up. Yeah. So that'll be interesting what happens there. Yep. Well, it's weird because Norman comes to visit him in the prison. I know. With him and Norman, he's in the prison. What's Which is about? really strange. Are you sure That's... that Romero's in the prison? Because if Romero has a gun, he's not well, in the prison anymore. No, I know. That's a different... Yeah. there's. I see them in like a... He is, he's visiting him. I see a guard. They're in like those prisons. It's in one... It's in a, it must be at minimum security because... He's able to sit down at it. It's one of those um, visitor rooms right. where they can like sit across from the table. You don't have to like talk through a glass. It's possible. I mean, they're legally related. It's possible he could come for some sort of um, will dispute. Some legal thing they need to discuss. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Signature. And just absolutely has to go to Romero. Yeah, maybe. And Romero says, I'm coming for you? Is that what he says? Something like that, yeah. And then, yeah, then it cuts to him punching the bag, definitely still in the prison. And then then it just shows him in like a, a jean jacket in that gross bathroom with a gun, so that's probably, you know, that could be episodes later. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm coming for you. Then it shows like a boat at night in the water pulling something out of the water, and then a quick cut to Norman sitting across from it, telling him like, we pulled a bunch of bodies out of the lake. We killed them. 
<laughs> yes. What is crazy? She she was in Golden Eagles. <laughs> that cop. Yeah. And then you see Caleb saying. Yes. <laughs> oh my word. Okay. Oh my word. Caleb looks totally wrecked. He does. <laughs> Talk about that for just a second. And he's down in the basement. Could he possibly have found Norma? Yes. That's a possibility. And I, I really think... It's the last thing you see. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, if you're not part of Facebook group, Julia, one of our listeners, posted a bunch of just screenshots from this trailer. And one of them is this of Caleb and just Norman in a room. <laughs> but I really think I think we can count on that. Although, I think Caleb finding out about Norma Louise's death would make him as wrecked as would wreck anyone. But he's screaming Norman, and he's standing obviously in the basement of the house. Yeah. So I I just see him finding the secret. I think so. Secret room. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's the last thing. Yeah, I guess freezing her rather than talking. Not I as, guess. Not as upsetting to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just disappointed. We can take it. Totally. <laughs> okay, so Caleb's going to be in one episode. Then he's going to bite the dust. You think? Yeah. That's my oh, predict- yeah, Caleb. That's that's one of the craziest thoughts and horrifying thoughts of this whole season is people that know and love Norma finding her. Yes. 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 There is almost and that just is all that is all because of how much we love her and how much these characters love her. Caleb loves her. The thought of Romero finding her has, like, wrecked me since she died. Right. Like, I know it's coming. Right. This is how Romero dies. I don't... Romero could get out alive. Maybe. What if he just gets out of prison, hunts him down... I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do different. I know they keep saying it's going to be different. Don't expect the movie Psycho. Right. They're totally having their own spin. You're going to see similarities, but it's their story. Yeah. So I... Part of... Most of me wants to see the ending the same. I want to see him snap into only mother Norma's poor Norman is totally gone and he yes. lives out his life in a loony bin as Norma. Yes, that is what I Looney bin is incredibly not PC. In a mental Norman lived his life out as Norma in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. There's something so like satisfyingly creepy and 
psycho goodness of that. Yes. I want very bad. Yeah. I want Romero to die by the hands of Norman because I don't want Romero to live with that horror. He, what does he have? Norma's gone. I know. I hate that he spent two years in prison. I'd hate for him to live out his days with this knowledge of the horrors of what happened to the woman he loved. Yeah. I want him to die. Yeah. Just because it... Just because his psycho little son (laughs) couldn't handle it, you know? Yeah, it just, it appeals to the romantic in me to have him die and Yep. Romeo and Juliet, you know, just yep. die together, although two years apart. <laughs> but one can't live without the other. Garbage. Gotcha. Crap, I want it all. <laughs> if they can't live um, together, then they need to just not live at all. Not live at all. So that Dexter the Taylor Reese chick. Yes. Sporting an awesome outfit, as always. Oh my word! Chick is in full like um, <laughs> ceremonial garb. Yeah, like a ceremonial garb, and he's Native American looking. Yeah, there's a feather in his hair, and he's outside. You see him walking, and then it cuts to him in the lake. Yeah, he's not just walking though. He's cradling something in a in a scarfy thing, and it looks. I have it paused right now on it, uh-huh. and there's. The Blue stuff sticking now, which I'm just guessing is the only thing I can think of is it's uh, some flowers. Why he's carrying them like that, I don't know. Yeah, because it's, it's it's small, so it's not like he's carrying a body. No, 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 no. It's small and light. Right. It's it's kind of um, knowing chick. I think there's. They're probably proper ceremonial. It's, he's doing something properly, ceremonially for death. I think. Right, right. I mean, funeral pyre out to sea is so obvious. Do you think that's Norma? That's the million dollar question, isn't it? On the pyre? That's exactly what I see them doing, is making us all think, okay, Chick uh, is doing that for Norma, because that sounds like... It sounds it, like something he would do. Like I said, it's very respectful, mm-hmm. and it's... Um, he's all out in some sort of ceremonial garb, ceremonial garb, which I'm quite sure is because he has a lot of respect for what he's doing and for... Right. I'm going to say it's a person, although they could be red herring that too. I think it's a person. I just don't... I don't know. It's, it could totally be Dylan. Yeah. Could be is Caleb. he now? Okay. So, is this more information you don't know? That no. Okay. So I posted that um, conversation he had, yeah. where he talks the um, Ryan. What's his name? Ryan Hurst. Ryan Hurst has a little conversation with someone about another Philly's on, and there's one Bates Motel question, and he talks about that. He and Norman find, they form a friendship. Right. But he has ulterior motives. I'm just wondering 
if he is covering up killing for Norman. Would he go that far? Yeah, but I, I don't see him doing like an elaborate ceremony. Like if you think, I think that might be Marion Crane on that fire. No, I think it's Dylan is my question. Oh. Because that's someone I think If he he's covering up else? killings for Norm for Norman, then it's someone fixing. So right. it's either like Dylan. The obvious choice is Norma. I'm just trying to think of other options because, you know, Norma's shooting the cell phone. We were like, who's she shooting? It's a right, cell phone. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's just one of those. Yeah, and uh, Emma, we've decided who is definitely Emma standing behind him. Yeah, and there's someone's. Him. I didn't see the picture. It's definitely Julia, is it Julia that pointed out she's wearing the same necklace? Yeah, that the she same wears yeah. in a different season. Oh, who's Dylan slamming against the sauce? Is it Norman? Who's that? Yeah, so once it cuts. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely Norman. He's slamming her against Norma's Mercedes. Dylan having an absolute. Like, he looks like he's trying to kill Norman. Yay! Nice. He's standing in the freezer room looking at Norma. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> I was like, is that what Caleb... Oh, it could be Phil. So when when Caleb is like screaming Norman in the basement, I'm wondering if he opens the door and finds... Simultaneously, he sees Norman in a wig and dress, and his sister frozen. Oh. Norman would not need to kill him; his brain would just explode. I know. It With your that. brain. <laughs> oh my gosh! It would. Yeah. That is so terrifying. It could be Romero, though. Who knows? I know. I know. It's... There's lots of people that are gonna have to discover Norma. I hope. Yeah. Ah, it's so crazy. They pack so much into every season. We've got a whole season. Um, whole season. <laughs> 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 oh man, I was I was questioning if it if it is uh Caleb seeing it because we do see Norman standing behind him, but that is a different shot. It's a different it's shot. Too- Two shots of Caleb simultaneously. I mean, not saying back to back, but it's different times. So right, right. This could be it when he, when Caleb is screaming, Norman with his lights all red. This might be what he's seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> oh man! As much as I hate Caleb, I'm so glad he's back to see all this crap. <laughs> see all this crazy stuff. Because I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it could be. I just, I'm thinking of him slamming Norman against the car. Uh-huh. Which, it could just be, that could be a red herring. He could be pissed at something else. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, I think so. I think that's got to be what Not, it is. Or... I saw you in a <laughs> mom is in the face. I don't see, I think Dylan... Dylan plays it so cool. I think that would just... You'd hear a little crack in Dylan's head. 
and he would just like walk out the door. I don't see like slamming. No, that, seen... that slamming was not for this. That, there's no way I can't wrap my mind around that. I see him getting. It's our phone call, Sue. Two years. I yes, see, two exactly, years of exactly. The phone I call. Can see him Dylan. being angry, yes, finding out that and mom like, is not only dead, but she's been dead. And you've been lying to me. What the bip, Norman? Yeah, that is that kind of thing. Not. Yeah. I yes. just saw you in mom's clothing. No, that's that. That's <laughs> that's who is it that's been talking to me about the whores? Alien. <laughs> 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 that whore came over again. <laughs> I'm yeah, so excited. I think, I think Dylan finds out. And he puts together that, you know, whether they did talk a few times through the years or not, he put together that at least for that one phone call, Norman knew Norma was dead and he didn't say anything. He might find this out often. This is the most excited I've been for this season. Yeah, me too. Even though I'm like, it's bittersweet. Just so excited. it's going to go out with a bang. It is. There's no way I'm going to be disappointed. Nope. I'm real. Okay. Yeah, they do. They have a little conversation. That's right. That he's doubting. Right. Maybe this is after Norman, or after Dylan. Maybe maybe for two years he's been in blissful ignorance. And Dylan coming and questioning and Caleb. knowing he's dead. And now... You know, Dylan's like, uh, mom's dead. I've been to her grave. Um, that's like, maybe he just hits some reality that Norman, I'm guessing that for two years he's been in blissful ignorance. And I'm also guessing that Caleb doesn't know Norma's down in the basement. Right. I think. Maybe he believed a story of Norman a few days later when he does come back to check on him that Norma's. I wonder if, okay, so I wonder if that is what happened is that he does come back to check on him. He believes the story that Norman put her body back in the grave and, you know, the wouldn't imagine that he put her down in the freezer. And he has a relationship with Norman, just kind of continuing to check on him. Like, Norma would want me to do this. Right. But talks to him and starts getting, maybe through the years (laughs) or months, a little suspicious that something's up with Norman, and so he calls Dylan. Somehow gets his yeah, I, that's a perfectly reasonable way for it to go. I'm curious about like a freezer, yeah. like a walk-in freezer. That's not only thousands of dollars; it's a big deal. Yeah. So that's something I'm gonna need them to satisfy. That that's well, doable. <laughs> so yeah, so in the trailer, so yeah, it, on the top of the stairs. Yeah. Oh, and there's a lot of stabbies. Yeah, there's like all these Norma little shots Stabby. of stabs. So, someone's getting stabbed. Yep. 
is okay. She's wearing like a blue blouse. I'm gonna have to go back to the Caleb scene when he she appears. I'm gonna see if I can. The gun thing because it's very Farmiga too. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the scene where you can see Norma watching Dylan, like way back. Uh huh. She's wearing it looks like a white blouse with a little blue sweater. I guess that doesn't necessarily mean that that means that that's not Dylan being stabbed right then, but <clears throat> oh shoot, I just missed. Yeah, see if she's wearing a little blue blouse for Dylan. I mean for Caleb. Yeah, I mean some of the shots are so great. Oh. What? Is he wearing the blue thing? Nope, he's wearing the. That colored blouse that he's wearing when he's wearing the wig when you see oh. that scene that he's looking at the camera and like you're guessing it's Caleb or something right. discovering them. That's the outfit, so yeah. yeah. It's Caleb, so that shooting scene is not I'm guessing is not Caleb. I bet that could be Dylan's death. Oh. Or Dylan and Emma make it out alive. If Dylan dies, does yeah. Emma have to die too? Not necessarily. That shooting could have been Romero. That'd be a crappy. I know, right? I don't like that. Oh, it could be Dylan's death, be but Ted. not Romero's. Chick's making it out alive. I'm. <laughs> I predict that Chick makes it. Chick's out like of the alive. only one that makes it. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> If anyone else makes it out alive, I've been guessing this for a long time at Emma. Yeah. Remember, we're like, wouldn't yeah. that be weird? The one that's like dying. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder how she's doing. She looks. We don't see her face. We see her chest, and she looks good. Yeah. <laughs> looks healthy. Her skin color's good. Yeah. So then the trailer ends with. Uh... Marion Crane coming out into the office from the rain and acting as clear as a room and Norma grabs the key to room number one. Very Anthony Perkins like. Oh, totally. He does that exact little hand, same little like, hesitation. And he's like, Yep, she's a room number one. Exactly. Check. Like he's going for number one and then like, no, yep. <laughs> 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 I swear, it's exactly Yes. And he He's wondering if she's people worthy and ultimately decides she is. Yeah. Sealing her fate. So exciting. I love that it's raining. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then it closes with him and the people. Yep. Is he like breathing, like maybe sounding aroused? I remember. Yeah. Heavy breathing. And there you have it. So good. <laughs> we just learned so it's one minute long. We see. I think we pieced together the entire season. I, yeah, I mean, we don't even have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just it makes me so excited. Like I want all these questions answered. I know. You know. So and exciting. Um. 
really want to know who discovered Norman in a wig simultaneously oh, with Norma Rosen. Oh, it's going to be so, no matter who it is, so awful. Did we even talk about it being Romero who discovered that? A little bit. That's Romero? That's my unthinkable, I mean, out of the three men. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's the one I'm most anxious about yeah. discovering it and seeing it with his own eyes. I'm hoping it's Caleb, just because I do care way yeah. more about Daniel. And the yes. Oh, yeah. Feelings. <laughs> and there's good cause that it is because of the blouse situation. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. That, that was fun. I love that trailer so much. And I love it so much just, just for one thing that we know for a fact we get Norman in a wig. <laughs> I stress <laughs> that we won't, that they'll leave that out. We've spent many hours talking about it. <laughs> that they may not do it because we could see this Vera Formiga. But dang it, we get that wig. My life is complete. Yep, the wig. Oh, that's just so exciting. All right. That um, was fun. That was fun to talk about. I'm glad that that trailer came up to see what. <gasps> this is the Mary Tyler Moore. Memorial oh. Podcast. We didn't talk about that. We lost one of my fe- favorite people in the whole world. Yeah. If you've listened to much of Sue and I, you know that I'm a mega fan. Mega Emily is a mega fan of the Dick Van Dyke show and just Mary. Emily dresses like Mary or like Laura Petrie. And, has and I've been doing that before retro was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I remember years ago, you getting so excited that you found Laura Petrie pants somewhere. I did. And you were describing them like they weren't cropped, they weren't cool up, they weren't, you know, you're like, these are Laura Petrie pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's still hard to find them that aren't cropped. Right. In fact, my... I always have a pair of one hour cup. <laughs> you were so excited. Yeah. So. Shortly after, I'd say five years after I started dressing like that, the style, the 60s kind of started becoming a thing to wear. So it gained the kind of clothes I like to wear. Yeah. I used to go to vintage shops like Grunts and Poshers and things and find clothes. Yeah. Fun. Anyway. But yeah. I always loved her. She's always her, been a favorite. She was a favorite of the whole family. We we yeah. all I've got so many memories of watching the Maritime War Town. I remember Roy Evans' house, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I love that ritual. Yeah. I remember the pudding. Pistachio was always yeah. a favorite. And I totally I have so many memories of watching the credits and how it has like Dick Van Dyke's head. Yes. And I always thought so he's got like a little, maybe an ascot or something that's dark and it looks a little like a chin beard. And I remember being confused as a kid and then hearing that there was something called a Van Dyke beard that looked like that. And it was named after that. And then I keep I keep having to remind myself that that's not a beard. 
And still, when I see that, I think about Van Dyke beards and Van oh, Dyke. Funny. <laughs> it's a weird little association I have. <laughs> and something I remember from our little tiny TV in the Roy Evans house. I don't have a lot of... I mean, that's the house we moved into from straight from California. Yeah, I our house was... Yeah, I was four. four I just yeah. I was little, and I've got a lot of memories of that house, and some a lot of them are just come back memories. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so married She loved the lobsters. <laughs> that was one of her big causes: animal rights and yeah. one of them, how they cook lobsters. Oh yeah. Anyways, okay. All right. Well. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay, see ya. Did you hear yours? Yeah, sounded good. Oh, so did mine. Yay! Yay! <laughs>
Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, tell me this is true. Uh, we deserve it. We totally do. We have had the worst luck. <laughs> just such bad luck, and then just both of us, I think we were just so discouraged. It's like it wasn't even fun to record anymore. wasn't fun to record, and I guarantee you it's not fun editing. It, oh, I bet. Ugh, it just makes me cringe. I'm like, I don't want to put this out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bummer we didn't find this one before. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> 